Welcome to Leave Your Mark, where I explore the influences that have shaped the lives of our incredible guests. These are the stories of lives worth talking about. Follow me on Twitter at Built by Scott and Instagram at King O'Pain, or link up with me on my Facebook fan page at Scott G. Langston. My goal is to create a community of people who take every opportunity to live high-performing lives. Before I get started on today's podcast, I want to take a moment to connect you with my sponsor, ReconditioningHQ.com. Reconditioning is now completely virtual. This amazing operating system that brings the worlds of therapy and performance together in one powerful package can now be digested from the comfort of your home or personal workspace. Reconditioning is about unleashing the human in human performance. It's about understanding why you or your clients are not performing or living your best life and giving you and your clients the skills for optimal performance. Our courses, R1 Foundations and R2 Designs take you through a complete process in assessment and intervention. Our Reconditioning Specialist Mentorship pulls everything together in your operating context, and our landmark program, Empower You, helps you navigate your own life so you can be your very best. For more information about reconditioning courses and programs, head over to reconditioninghq.com and use the coupon code LYM50 for $50 off the price of any one of our empowering courses. Hello, and welcome to Sunday Remarks. This is a new component of the Leave Your Mark podcast that I'm doing every Sunday morning. Uh, I'm going to release it. And whenever you listen to it, it doesn't have to be Sunday morning. Um, hopefully it gives you some perspective, some thoughts, some things to stew in your own mind and instigates, uh, you know, the provocation of thought uh, in you so that you can sort of live your best life. Um, trying to bring some different perspectives based on a career that I've had in the human performance industry. But, uh, you know, to give you some context, uh, my career has been in, you know, predominantly in human performance, but I've worked in a lot of different um, places and spaces in that industry and experienced, uh, you know, whether it's entrepreneurship, uh, human capital management, um, programming, uh, athletic preparation, high performance, uh, intensity, um, trying to win, trying to lose, trying not to lose, so to speak. Um, you know, uh, building businesses, um, you know, instigating change, creating, uh, new ideas, innovating, etc. So I've been doing that for most of my career. And the thing I wanted to talk about today which I think is poignant for this period of time that we're going through. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, call it, uh, you know, fluxum and jetsum in society today. Uh, you can call it more negatively than that, or you can call it more positively. It really depends on, you know, what part of this you're really uh, looking at it from. <clears throat> but I think there's um, a tendency for us when things are going uh, this kind of sideways a little bit to get sort of uh, negative. And it is part of our, you know, brain's makeup to sort of link to that fear mechanism and to worry about things and so I wanted to swing back to some experiential things that have happened in my career um, and sort of recognize this idea of resiliency and uh, not having expectations um, and recognizing that things will 
and can change uh, very quickly. And you need to have, uh, whether it's backup plans or at least an understanding that things aren't always going to be the same. Um, One of those sort of belief systems that I've kind of come to have is that, um, you know, the job you're in right now, and this is more true than any time really in our history most recently, uh, is uh, not likely the job you're going to have next year, next week, uh, in five years, uh, and especially in 10 years. You know, my father's generation uh, and the generation of my grandfather kind of um, lived through a period of, in some sense, when you look at human history, a very unusual period where there was this sense that you went to work for a company and maybe you worked up that corporate ladder and you worked for that company for many years. And we know now that people are changing jobs. Uh, You know, I don't know the exact stats, but I've heard uh, anywhere from, you know, six to 10 times. Uh, throughout a career and maybe more frequently. And that's just, you know, I I would say the actual job um, with the actual company or the business that you undertake or what have you, it probably is more extraordinarily different than when when we start to look at, you know, changes in job responsibilities or a position or your, you know, what you're actually doing and the work that you're doing may change even more frequently than that. And that's kind of what I want to swing back to because I think in these times we have this tendency to, you know, think, oh, no, what's going to happen next? So when I come back for myself, I'll always remember the first time I, you know, was uh, let go from a from a significant job. And I had been... Um, you know, living what I talked about last week was this this dream of getting into the National Hockey League, and uh, I had gotten a job with the um, New York Islanders, <clears throat> and um, it, it was it was a crazy. I'll do I'll save that story for another day, but uh, working for the New York Islanders was a crazy year. It really was a crazy year, and. Um, there were things that I never thought I'd see in professional sport that year, and uh, it really woke me up to um, sometimes what we see from outside looking in isn't what what is inside the looking glass. And I will save that for a future conversation with you guys, but. Um, Suffice to say, I'd kind of gotten a little bit despondent in the position and uh, I had an opportunity to take a role with the New York Rangers because I knew the head therapist uh, with the New York Rangers, a fellow named Jim Ramsey. And Jim's been in the league, I think now, probably close to 30 years. Uh, but at the time, he had been in the league for, you know, probably 15 or or something like that years. Uh, and he was uh, in a pretty established place with the Rangers, and uh, I sort of talked to him one summer at a national conference and let him know that I was kind of looking to move, and it just so happened that they were making a move and, and decided to to hire a new strength coach. And so I went through uh, that process and uh, got an opportunity, and again, there's some interesting um, sideways elements of that, but I again, we'll save that for another conversation, but bottom line was I got this job with the Rangers and um, basically um, left the New York Islanders about a week before training camp and took this new role with the Rangers and flew up to Burlington, uh, Vermont, where they did their training camp and started working for the Rangers. And, you know, this was a time when, um, 
you know, the team had just lost Wayne Gretzky the year before. It was in a bit of flux. Um, coaching staff uh, was uh, John Muckler, uh, the old KG veteran from the Edmonton Oilers organization. And there was this kind of shift to the Edmonton Oilers organization. You're starting to see a few people from that organization sort of flowing into the Ranger space. Um, probably through that Gretzky uh, interrelationship. And so I started working with the team, and um, you know, it was a challenging challenging year. Uh, went through that year, and we were sort of close to making the playoffs, and unfortunately um, Mike Richter, who was the um, goaltender for the team, who had torn his ACL previously uh, in an all-star game uh, in the sh- sort of shootout uh, program, uh, by jamming his foot up against the post, did the exact same thing again and retore his ACL. So we lost him at the near the end of the season, and the team um, didn't make the playoffs. And because the team didn't make the playoffs, um, there were some big changes in the off season, and um, for me, that was my first experience um, of of those kinds of changes. I had experienced sort of that at the Islanders as well, kind of uh, some flexum and jetsum at the end of the year with a coach being fired and uh, Mike Milbury coming on as the GM, and so this sort of happened again, and. Um, Muckler was let go, and John Tortorella was the assistant coach, and John took over, and I had been hired by Neil Smith. And Neil Smith uh, lost his job at the end of the season, and so we were all sort of standing there wondering, you know, what's going to go on this summer, and I I had a role in the offseason um, training some of the development players and went through my summer there and then got into my own sort of uh, catastrophic uh, scenario with my own personal relationship at the time. I started to get into um, some difficult times with the person that I was with at that time, and we separated this in that summer. Went into the, my what was to become my last year with the New York Rangers and was working with the team, and it was a tough year. Uh, Theo Fleury was with us, and if you ever have a chance to read Theo Fleury's book, um, there's two chapters in that uh, uh, in that season that are dedicated uh, to in his life to um, the New York Rangers experience and you know when I know uh, reading his book what was going on and what I would see it was a pretty crazy environment um, we had um, a couple of athletes kind of fall off the wagon and get into some trouble with the police and Mark Messier had come back and basically the, that year at the beginning Mark Messier had come back to be to take the captain's seat um, and uh, and Glenn Sather had come on as the general manager so I really didn't know where I stood with these uh, new people, but I went about doing my work and doing the best job I could. And uh, by the end of the season, I'd gone through my own uh, very difficult times. I was struggling with my relationship and, in fact, was getting divorced. And at the end of that season, got a phone call uh, to come down to Madison Square Gardens to see Glenn Sather. And we hadn't made the playoffs, and this was maybe days after not making the playoffs. And I kind of started to realize, you know, that um, you know I wouldn't be asked down to his office just to compliment me for the work I'd done. So I sat down with Glenn, and um, he was across the table from me. And Glenn said to me, you know, uh, Scott, I'm um, not going to fire you, but I'm just not rehiring you. And 
um, which is an interesting commentary and recognized that in the league, you know, there is a sort of a fraternal um, character to the way the league operates. And if you've done good work, but you just don't fit in the picture, people try not to burn those bridges for you and allow you to maybe catch your feet again. And I think that's what Glenn was effectively saying to me, that he had to make some changes and I was going to be one of those changes. So here I was, you know, I'd uh, I'd just gotten divorced, um, was uh, living in a ramshackle apartment in New Rochelle, uh, New York, um, kind of not sure where I was going to go and what I was going to do. Uh, didn't have a lot of money to my name at this point, and now I was looking at, you know, um, not having a visa to live in the States for very much longer. And what was I, you know, what was I going to do for work? And when you look at the the current circumstances we're in, we're in right now, um, you know, it's the same sort of thing. People have lost jobs, people have lost um, opportunities to work, and people are wondering, you know, what do I do? And so fundamentally, you know, we have to look at these things. We can look at them from the negative perspective that, you know, all is lost and this opportunity that I had has, has changed. But I think what I, the message I want to bring is, one, when you're in the role, recognize that you don't own it. You you don't know you're going to be there forever. And what what you really need to do is live those moments, uh, enjoy each day that you're there. Um, it sounds cliche, but fundamentally do your best, the best work you can. Um, and don't have this expectation that it's always going to be there. Recognize that it could change and you don't need to have um, a backup plan in the sense that it's all orchestrated and considered. But you need to recognize, in essence, that nothing is guaranteed to you. And if you start to recognize that nothing's guaranteed and that you don't have this expectation that you're going to be there, and you fundamentally just focus on the good work you're doing, the quality of the the craftsmanship that you have, the quality of the life that you're living, um, when you focus on those things, no matter what happens, you will find your feet and get regrounded. So I lost my job. What did I do? Well, I didn't have a lot of money, but I had, you know, they gave me a little bit of a severance package at the end. It wasn't that significant, but it gave me a little bit of flexibility. I decided, uh, you know, to see what New York was about for the summer while I decided what else I was going to do. I actually took a Pilates certification. Um, These two uh, redheads from the uh, Rockettes were running a Pilates company on Fifth Avenue. I went down and actually went took the Stott Pilates certification that summer, um, really took in New York, walked around New York. I remember walking, you know, hundreds and hundreds of blocks of New York and checking it out and happened to go to the CATA conference in uh, Kananaskis um, that summer and uh, bumped into uh, an old friend of mine. Graham Reinben, who was the therapist with the Montreal Canadiens at the time. And I just said to him, you know, like, out of a job, I don't know what you guys are doing. And they were sort of in flux with their position. And then reached out to a couple other contacts that I had in the organization and started working on uh, an opportunity to come back to Montreal. And, um, you know, as things would happen, it, it worked out that I ended up 
uh, getting the the role with the Canadians and came back to Montreal and started working in Montreal. And just before I left to come back to Montreal, um, I literally played um, tourist for a week in New York City. And I have pictures of myself in front of the Twin Towers one week before 9-11, which is crazy. Uh, lived through that experience on the first day of training camp with the, the Montreal Canadiens. Went to training camp. My training camp with the Canadiens you know, started uh, with that and finding out that Saku Koivu had cancer and that I was going to be working very closely with him for the next X number of months to support his return from from his uh, bout with cancer. So all of this to say, again, to circle back on these life consequence things that, you know, things may look bleak right now because of the pandemic that we're in and maybe your job has changed or your role has changed or your expectations for what you would be doing has changed. Um, And not that you shouldn't feel discomfort in that. I think that's normal and it may be very challenging for you. But recognize, all of us must recognize that what we have right now is uncertain. It's never going to be certain. And there's a value in that uncertainty. In, in other words, it, it, it challenges to, us to continue to grow and be the best we can be. It challenges us to not be complacent and to fall into this sense that we're, we have expectation that everything is always going to be there for us. And it forces us to um, develop ourselves in in, uh, lateral directions so that we have the ability to move in another direction, Um, that we're not just stuck in one space and only able to do one thing. So diversify yourself. Um, If you're stuck at home right now, you know, you may not be able to afford a, a professional development course. But you know what, there is so much professional development on the internet today that is free. There are so many books that you can get for little, you know, little to nothing that can educate you in another way and bring you direction in another way. And uh, I would encourage anybody who is struggling right now to recenter your viewpoint, uh, look at the reality that, that, that lots of people are going through this, that that change may bring opportunity for you in the future that you aren't even aware of now. But if you are doing your best work and focusing on being a better you, those things will inevitably, those doors will inevitably open for you over time. And uh, I really believe in that. And that's why I wanted to share it today on uh, this Sunday Remarks. And I hope it's valuable for you, um, anybody who is listening. And we'll be back next Sunday. Uh, This coming week, we have another... um, Another guest podcast uh, coming out Wednesday. Check it out. And uh, for all of you who've been listeners to Levy Mark, thank you. Truly appreciate it. And keep listening. Share it out. Um, Connect with me uh, on Twitter or Instagram. And uh, on Twitter, I'm at Built by Scott. And on Instagram, King of Pain. Love to hear from you. Love to hear the things you want to hear about and uh, the guests you want to see. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today on Leave Your Mark. I hope we've left a mark on you today, and we wish only that you pay it forward by sharing this story, taking the time to rate and comment on this podcast. Please follow us at Twitter at Built by Scott and Instagram at King O'Pain and become a member of this community at Scott G. Livingston on Facebook. Have a great day. Music by Cedric de Saint-Rome.